0: This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Hello and Happy New Year. Welcome back to 2022 and Mental Health Month on Basically. I'm your host, Stephanie Preisner, And with me in studio, I have our beloved guest, Dr. Harry Barry, who is going to answer some of your questions today and talk to us again about anxiety. Uh, Dr. Harry Barry, thank you so much for coming into the studio. It's great to have you in studio this time and not on Zoom. Yeah. So again, asking people what topics they would like to discuss. And time and time again, it comes up. People are just feeling incredibly anxious and not really knowing what to do with it. Before we get to listener questions, is this something that you're experiencing? at the moment, like with your clients, like, is this typical? Yeah,
1: I think the first thing to say to everybody, and this is really, really important, we have to normalize anxiety. You know, we're, we're inclined to turn anxi- anxiety into it. the big, bad ogre. And uh, if if I'm anxious, then there must be something wrong with me. In other words, I pathologize myself, if you want to put it like that. So the first thing is that anxiety is a normal. It's uh, it's it, it's actually part of our evolutionary safety valve. Do you know what I mean? That we become anxious because anxiety was all about kind of tipping us off to watch for things. Do you know what I mean? That okay. might be a problem in our lives. So it's quite natural to be anxious. Uh, as I said to somebody uh, during the pandemic, if you weren't anxious during this pandemic, then there was something wrong with you. Yes, because there's <laughs> because a, it, you know there was a genuine the natural threat. Reaction. There was a threat to her. To our health, to the health of our loved ones, there was a threat to our livelihoods. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. There was a threat to our way of life. You know, um, and the thing that nobody's talking about is what I call the abnormalization of this period. You know, this is an abnormal period. So one of the most important things for everybody out there to grab, it's the situation that's abnormal, not you. So if you're feeling stressed or you're feeling anxious. Uh, Or you're even a bit down at times, but that's okay. Do you know what I mean? So normalize it. Do you know what I mean? Stop, stop assuming there's something wrong with you.
0: And is it just yep. that other people are not displaying those symptoms outwardly? That everyone yes. is feeling it because it yes. is. It you can feel like there's something wrong with you when you're scared to go into the shop and yep. you see people in there without masks. It yep. makes you feel like I'm. Well, abnormal. I I think
1: I think the you know let's be blunt about it. Their their uh, society is uh, grouped into the majority of people who are trying to bid rules and wearing their masks and doing the right thing, and a small group of people who, for whatever their own reasons. Uh, uh, have chosen to say to hell with it. So remember that um, the two great emotions that we we, 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 we we talk about all the time when you're stressed, that uh, a lot of the population will get a bit fearful, or get anxious, and that would be the commonest emotion. Yeah. But the one that people don't recognize is frustration.
0: OK, so, so, when...
1: so like we can almost divide the population to be quite blunt about it. And I think if everybody listening to be kind of taught about it, if, if I said to you what your go to emotion when something negative happens to you and some people say oh, I just get very anxious, I guess, you know, I can feel my heart going fast or stomach and knots or I worry and I worry and I can't sleep properly because I'm worrying and the other one say the other person will be saying, why the bloody hell is this going on? You frustration you anger. what I mean? and you know, anger. you know, this is ridiculous. Why are they stopping me going out for my point? Why are they stopping yeah, yeah. me going to it? So their their response is frustration. And they are the more likely people to say it to health system I'm not wearing a mask. I'm but sick it's of all this. A valid I mean? and normal response. But to... it's, a, it's a response. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So so identify how you, you know, f- how you feel yeah. about it is is a very useful thing to do. But, you know, don't don't be bothered if you're anxious now we we have to clearly distinguish then when anxiety goes a little step further than that. In yes. other words, when it's, a, it's not the situation that's abnormal. And this is our first question yes, from yes, someone. Yes. Hi, Harry. Yes.
0: I'm wondering at what point should one take their anxiety seriously and maybe seek help? Would you recommend seeing a GP first for a psychologist referral or should you go to counselling and therapy first without a referral? Any tips for anxiety for a female in her early 20s? Early
1: 20s. Well, the first thing is to... Um, I, this sounds very obvious, you know what I mean? But the first thing is to identify what type of anxiety. Firstly, is it abnormal anxiety? Is it is it just routine? Do I just get anxious when when it would be normal or acceptable? If, however, I'm finding I'm getting, you know, extremely anxious when it's not really appropriate, that's that's a sign that anxiety is starting to become a problem for me okay. or an issue for me. So the first key thing is to identify which type of anxiety. Now, that seems obvious. Uh, To me. Yes. But to a huge number of people, they say, well, what do you mean? Well, there are actually three different kinds of anxiety.
0: Okay. And
1: and the first one is acute anxiety. And that's the person who's getting uh, acutely physical symptoms, primarily panic attacks or phobias. Do you know what I mean? Where I become really physically anxious if I have to go into a shop or a crowd or a lift or a a plane or whatever. Uh, That's that's acute anxiety. Now, that's an absolute entity in itself. And I can immediately uh, 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 people will say, yes, I can relate to that or no, no, that doesn't relate to me. So immediately yeah. we've removed a third. Do you know what yes, I mean? Okay. The second group are people who develop social anxiety. And uh, this is um, probably it's the figures of someone like but maybe eight percent of the population, do you know what I mean, will suffer from some form of social anxiety and social anxiety is a totally different type of anxiety. This is where I don't normally get anxious. Uh, I don't normally worry about things, but the second you say to me, uh, uh, "There's a bit of a do down in the in the pub tonight," or we're having a bit of a party, or I'm meeting a group of my friends down in the cafe, do you know what I mean? Even yeah. even at work sometimes. And suddenly I find I'm getting incredibly anxious. And the very thought of meeting these people start to fill me with a sense of dread and I begin to get all the same acute physical symptoms that I get in acute anxiety. But what what's happening in that type of anxiety is that, I, that I'm bothered when I meet these people. What will they think of me? Do you know what I okay. mean? And we might go into that maybe later. Do you know what I mean? Yes. But it's, it's it's really interesting thing to ask. You know, how are you like in social situations or What are you like if you have to present something socially, you know, into a group of people? Yes, and people will say that's me. Do you know what I mean? I don't. I don't have the acute anxiety. I'm not really a warrior. But the second you mention the word social situation, I'm getting anxious.
0: Okay. So
1: now we have a second block.
0: Yes. Okay.
1: And now we hit the third block, which I suppose is the the, the commonest one and the one that probably most people associate with anxiety, which is more general anxiety. And general anxiety is where I'm just just a warrior. I spend yeah. all my life filled with a sense of something terrible is going to happen. I'm worrying all the time, about will that happen? Will that happen? Will that happen? I'm worried about my health. I'm worried about the health of my family. I Might be worried about my job. I might be I might be worried about, you know, I just maybe uh, I love the old term uh, Mr. Worry. Anyone who has a chance to read the Mr. Worry book or the, the Mr. Books for Mr. your children, yeah. uh, Mr. Worry is wonderful because he gets to the last page and he's gone through all his worries and 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 along comes his friend who says and he finds him there, sitting there looking very despondent. And he says, Well, what's the problem? He says, eh, Because now I've nothing to worry, worry about. about. <laughs> <laughs> and in some senses, that's kind of what German anxiety is. But it's, it's also associated with this great sense of foreboding um, and it's it's this catastrophizing all the time and this terrible sense of um, tiredness and fatigue and not sleeping and grinding my teeth. So a lot of you know, they're produced by it because when I get uh, persistently anxious, um, I start to pump out too much cortisol, and then that in turn affects my sleep, which and gives me teeth grinding, and I get irritable, and I can't concentrate properly, and um, my cognition goes down a little bit, and I feel a bit flat at times. You know, so general anxiety it, it very much affects women about two to one. Um, and a lot of women, unfortunately, uh, Stephanie, are inclined to use alcohol to cope with it. Do you know what I yes, mean? Yeah. So their coping mechanism may be the extra glass of wine. Do you know what I mean? Et cetera, et cetera. So I think it, it's very useful for everybody to identify which type of thing, because whatever you do, you know, the answers to, 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 to that uh, to that uh, lady, lady there is asking me that question is um, you have to identify first which type are you talking about? You know, Uh, if it's, for example, acute anxiety, um, well, then that's really very, very quickly sorted out. To be honest, really, you could read some of my books, look at my videos and you probably sort it out yourself. But really, a a CBT therapist would be the ideal person, really. You don't need necessarily a psychologist. You just need a CBT person who's got CBT techniques. Uh, Social anxiety is very similar. Uh, the good news for you is that um, even following, even if you do nothing, because I've actually people writing to me has let me know that just reading my books and looking at videos is actually them good. out. So you can actually do an awful lot for yourself. You know, we, we 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 have reached the stage in our in society where it's always about somebody has to be the expert. You know, instead of saying, no, you know, I have a lot of inter- you know, good skills myself and I can find these skills. I just need information and I know I need to understand this better. Yeah. So the first thing I would say to you, a great book to read is Anxiety and Panic because it explains these different types of anxiety really well. What's the cause? What's behind them and how you sort them out? So yep. identifying those will, will go a long way towards helping, uh, helping you. you sort it out um I, I think you're the, the GP. When you go to your GP, the problem for the GP is he doesn't really a lot of the time have the time, do you know, he's, he's not a CBT therapist. Yes. You know what I mean? He might have the access if he's very lucky to uh, a primary care counselor. Do you know what I mean? But even they will have some skills, but they won't necessarily be fully skilled, but yes. they might be of some help. Um, so uh, i think the gp is where really things are getting out of hand do you know what i mean so mm-hmm. social anxiety no your gp will not be able to help you with that uh, uh, people will go to their gp all the time with uh with panic attacks do you know what i mean and panic attacks uh, we, we can discuss them there but panic attacks are so simple to clear so i've been trying to assist some of the gps do you know what i mean by teaching them the skills i've been trying yeah. to pass these skills over to guidance counselors and to therapists. And, to, you know, I'm trying to kind of say to us all, look, we can all quickly learn these very simple skills to resolve these issues uh, if we're prepared to put a bit of work in, Do you know what I mean? So yeah. um, I think the, uh, one of the, wor- the areas that worries me the most is that there is a huge problem in the differential diagnosis between depression and general anxiety. Okay, and it's really important that people understand that distinction because lots and lots of people are given antidepressants, for example, to treat general anxiety and unless the general anxiety is really severe. You know what I mean? Really, there's no need for medication. And so if you go to your GP, he 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 may be really reduced to using that because he may not have access to uh, the kind of services that he knows you need. Yes. So he may give this to you to try to help. Uh, But in many ways, you are better avoiding them because they're, they're not solving the problem and sometimes they make you worse. Uh, sometimes, when you take uh, uh, depre- uh, antidepressants, they actually make you worse because the, 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 the answer isn't that in the word antidepressants, yes, they're meant for serious clinical depression, do you know, where you're genuinely down and where, you're you're down and where your c- cognition is down your boots, where you're, you don't want to get out of bed, where you know you're really in trouble, do you know what I mean. So, I think it's really important to distinguish those, and we try to do that in some of the books, do you know what I mean. Yeah. So, so th- that, that, that might be of some help, I, I think, identify which type Uh, and then try and uh, zone Zone into, you know, very often you can do an awful lot yourself. Do you know what I mean? Often I would I would genuinely say that um, a couple of visits to a CBT therapist is often enough to solve uh, most panic attacks, phobias, social anxiety. Do you know what I mean?
0: I once actually went to a therapist who said he won't see anyone for longer than 20 sessions.
1: Well, to me, should, if be. I was seeing somebody for something like these, do you know, what I mean, these questions for, for more than a half dozen sessions, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I'd be I'd be bothered. Do you know what I mean? As to why they're not improving, yes. I'd be looking for something else. Do you know what I mean? Um,
0: so. so we have another question here that says um, I was diagnosed with general anxiety disorder in September last year and put on medication. I tried an online counseling, which I found helpful, but very pricey. I know this place is in Ireland to go, but I don't know where to start looking. Um, dealing with anxiety when my mother also has it is difficult I find it difficult to do things or not do things with her because I don't want to hurt her feelings an example is that I bought a house with my partner last year and the whole situation of Christmas and where to have Christmas dinner was a touchy subject she would have loved me to go home to her house and stay there christmas eve up until stephen's day but as it's our first year in our new home we wanted to stay in our house we did end up up staying in our house and we went to christmas dinner with the family and now i feel guilty and anxious hoping i didn't hurt her feelings that we didn't stay sorry for the long-winded email
1: well, I think there's two issues going on there. The first one is just general anxiety. And the second one is typical what I would call inter-family, uh, kind of stress. So yeah. the first thing is guilt is a, a very destructive emotion. You might regret doing something. But guilt is, is kind of all about, you know, I absolutely should have done this. No, if you felt that it was the right thing for yourself and your partner to spend that time, that was the correct decision for you. Do you know what I mean? mm-hmm. Be kind to yourself, you know, let yourself off the hook. Do you know what I mean? But I think the, the The general anxiety, um, I think um, that lady is proving my point really that even though she's been put on medication, she's not necessarily really feeling that it's benefiting. And the the reality is that we benefit really. um, Would you like me to go through general anxiety? You know, at the heart of general anxiety is 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 the following demand that I um, I make some impossible demand on myself. Okay. In other words, um, I must pass my exam. I must get this job. I must be successful. I must get good social media ratings. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Whatever. It's always about the must Uh, or I must not get COVID, or I must my my family. Nobody in my family must get very sick. you know? So it's, it's an absolute demand. Okay. So it's all about an impossible demand, which is we'll talk about in a minute. It's all about control. And where I rate myself as a failure if I can't achieve this impossible demand. So a typical example, I must get five, five hundred and eighty points in my leave insert. If I don't, I'm a total failure. Okay. so think about that one. You know, I'm making two an impossible demand. uh, Then I start to catastrophize how awful it will be if I don't get five hundred and eighty points and I won't get into the course that I want to do. And if that doesn't happen, then I'm a total failure. So. That's general anxiety, believe it or not. So
0: if we can find a way to separate the person that we are from the things that we do. So like I want to get 580 points, that's an impossible demand. That's fine. Maybe my brain will still demand that of me. But if I can separate it from and if I don't, that will, fi- but if a... we can turn that into, if I don't, that will be awful. But I'll still be an OK person because I'm an OK yes, person.
1: Right. Now, th- this is where it gets really good. Do you know what I mean? Okay. The great thing is we can tackle all three issues. Right. We're going to do it now. OK. Is that OK? Yeah, I'm going to take go. that example. Here we go. The first one is I must get 580 points. So that's an absolute demand. So the rational belief, that's an irrational belief, by the way. All of us have rational and irrational beliefs, Stephanie, Mm -hmm. you know, from from the time of our childhood, we build up these ways of thinking about the world, which are either healthy and sensible and rational or illogical. Uh, And and what happens in anxiety is we have this irrational belief and this irrational belief is that I should be able to control life. So in other words, I when I say I must get uh, 580 points, the the sensible thing to do is to say, no, we switch that to I would prefer to do well in my exam. But it's out of my control. Okay. Now, there is the magic word control, because what's happening is when we say I want control, the more control I demand, the more anxious I become. Because you ca- there, there in life, there's nothing we can control in real life. And control is equal looking for 100% certainty, order, security and perfection. Certainty, order, security and perfection. So what I'm really looking for in the majority of cases in my experience is 100% certainty. So I want absolute certainty that something does or doesn't happen. So I. I but is that, that unreasonable to I've, want? No, because it's impossible. If you you tell me apart from debt and taxes, anything else, that's 100% certain. I know, but we can be reasonably certain. But can we be 100% certain? Can you be 100% certain I get here today?
0: I mean, yes, I mean, like, no. Obviously, I could. Th- there could have been a meteor. Be, you, you could, could be, have crashed well, the car. You
1: could be reasonably certain. I could have been sick this morning. I could. My car mightn't have started. I mightn't have been able to find. But I have to
0: do an awful lot of work to be like, OK, he will. Because otherwise I am the t- type of person who would yes, lie but, in bed last yes, night. Being suppose, like, what so, if he? Suppose,
1: on the other hand, you were to say, I would prefer if w- this man turned up today. But you see, it, 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 this is where it, we have to get into the heart of anxiety. Because anxiety is about how do I adapt when things don't go my way? So here's a great exercise very badly. Here is a great exercise for, 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 for anybody out there who struggles with anxiety. If you have children, it, even better, it, it, because if you're if it, the first mistake the parents make is to try to hide their anxiety from their children. Instead of saying, no, you, you, you normalize the anxiety for the kids. You say, I get anxious. So now you're going to do it. Uh, I'm I, um, I've been asked to do this following exercise to help me to deal with my anxiety. So what I'm trying to teach the person is how to deal with uncertainty. OK, so I got them to list off ten things they love doing every day. They might like doing yoga. It might be reading a book, it might be listening to a particular kind of music, doing a certain kind of cooking, uh, going for a walk, going out with my partner. Do you know what I mean? Whatever, yep. you know, ten things you really like doing. Uh, I particularly love bringing in Netflix and, and sports programs and TV programs and all the rest of OK, so you have to list off ten items. This is where the fun begins. (laughs) So you have to find a coin. On one side of the coin is heads and the other side of the coin is tails. So every solitary episode of everything I want to watch on Netflix each day, I have to toss a coin. Heads I can watch it, tails I miss it and I can't watch it in repeat. Okay. Heads I want to go for a walk. Uh, So uh, heads I can walk as fast as I like, tails I have to walk like a snail. Heads I can cook something I hate or something I love. Tails, I have to cook something I hate and eat it. So in other words, there's a there is a, a negative if it comes up tails.
0: Yes. Okay. So as,
1: as well as we um, I, I want to go out with my partner, we both get ready with everything organized. We We're looking forward to tonight. We get to the door. You have to toss a coin as I can go. Tails, I can't okay. Now, The secret to this course is how do I adapt when when it doesn't go my way? Because what this exercise is all about is teaching you that this is life is like the toss of the coin. Sometimes it's going to go your way and a lot of the time it's not going to go your way. But the the reason why this exercise is so good, because what I've done is I've messed up your everyday life. Because the problem we have is that we think that we have total control of our everyday life. We know what time we get up in the morning, what we'll have for breakfast, um, you know, what, you know, what movies we'll go to, what books we'll read, what music we'll read.
0: But it's an illusion.
1: It's an illusion. So, uh, so what I do is I blow up your sense of control for four weeks. You have okay. to do this for four weeks. How I pick out the people with frustration, by the way, they won't last a week.
0: Or they just won't do it. They After a week, they say, I
1: get it now, I get it now. And they come back to me and I said, how long did I ask you to do it for? And you say four weeks. Well, what was the reason that you really stopped? Because I didn't like it.
0: OK, so there the
1: nobody re- likes mess. If I did this to your life, it would mess up your life to a level. I don't think I'd cope with it at all. You'd be screaming at the end of it. But what would it do? What would it teach you about certainty?
0: It would teach I'll, me what I already know, which is that nothing is certain. No,
1: it would teach me how to cope with uncertainty.
0: How would it teach me you how to cope, You see, you
1: cognitively, Stephanie, understand the idea of uncertainty. But I'll tell you something. When you're all set to go out with your partner and you spend a lot of time getting ready and you're walking out that door, you're very anxious whether that, that bloody coin will come up to heads or tails.
0: Well, actually, in my case, I'd be like, come on, please cancel it. Please cancel it. <laughs> I don't want to go out. Um, no, do, do you know what I mean? So this but, helps to yeah. teach you to adapt.
1: Adapt. So the trick to anxiety for people with general anxiety, they have to learn how to adapt. Okay, that's rule number one. Yeah. Okay. Second part is they have to stop catastrophizing. Okay. And catastrophizing is all about the worst case scenario. So 90% of what we worry about never happens. However, we can spend 90% of our life exhausted, do you know what I mean, from worrying about things that are never going to occur at all. So uh, uh, we use a, a, an idea called a spilled milk exercise. So what this means is if I asked you, what do you visualize when you visualize spilled milk? You would probably say a puddle or a mess. Yeah. But suppose I told you, you tipped over. It had last and it was the tiniest drop of, 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 of milk on the table. Is that spilt milk? Yes, it is. So what we do in our emotional mind, our emotional mind is much stronger than our rational mind. That's Worst the case. problem. So we always visualize the drop is a puddle. The drop is a puddle. So for tr- for about four to eight weeks, I get a person to carry a diary and every time they catastrophize by something, they have to write it in. And then later that day, they have to go after the evidence on paper. The reason we do it on paper, because we take it out of your emotional mind and now put it in your rational mind. So it might be, you know, this is going to happen. Well, where's your evidence that that's going to happen? Yeah. So is it a drop or a puddle? And then what we do is normally a cascade. Let's take an example. You get a phone call to say that your best friend has breast cancer and you suddenly start to say, Oh God. you know, um, and I start examining my breast. So what would happen if I had to develop breast cancer? And am i sure? sure yeah, maybe I need to go over to the doctor to have a test, a check. And, all. and no matter what anyone says to you, no, no. But I, I want absolute certainty that I don't develop breast cancer. OK, I'm so laughing
0: I, because I've done. Ex- I've sat in front of a consultant exactly. and being like, there's nothing wrong so, with you. You know,
1: the, so you're, you're the, the what you'd be doing is saying, well, where's my evidence? Has the specialist examined me and told me there's a problem? No. Have I had a mammogram? No. Is it a pull? It's a drop. So if I do this in relation to everything after a couple of months, I notice I'm starting to do it in my head. OK. OK, so that's step two. Step three is stop rating myself because you're you're totally correct. Uh, when you said that I'm a failure, do you know what I mean? So the biggest thing is self-acceptance. Uh, the the real secret for people with anxiety is to learn to accept themselves. What we actually do is play the rating game. And the rating game is if I asked you, what do you, where do you rate yourself as a person between one and 100? And you gave yourself a rating. Yeah. And then I said, well, uh, let everybody else listening to this, do that exercise. Just rate yourself as a person between one and a hundred. One means you're crap and hundred means you're fantastic. Yeah. Now, where do you think other people rate you? Give yourself a rating then. And then I ask a few questions. Okay, you're diagnosed with depression and put on medication and all your friends learn about it. Mm -hmm. Where would you rate yourself then? Or where would other people rate you? Somebody says to you that you're a terrible broadcaster. Where would you rate yourself then? Mm -hmm. And where would other people rate you? Somebody says you're a terrible parent. Where would you rate yourself then, and where would other people rate? So we could go on all day long asking you individual questions. And of course, what do we all do? Uh, suppose I said to you, uh, your social media is doing great. Where would you rate yourself then? Yeah. Where would other be And what we actually do is, in real life, all of us play this rating game where we go up and down this bloody scale, <laughs> uh, and uh, I'm, I'm either feeling terrible about myself or I'm fantastic. Yeah. And of course. Uh, the exercise is actually is actually a a, a false exercise because in real life can we rate a human being at all and of course the answer is we can't why because we're all so different every human being is a beautiful lovely special unique human being there's only one of us in this world there'll never be another person like us even identical twins or triplets they're all absolutely different so I teach people that if they learn unconditional self-acceptance, which they learn to be comfortable with themselves, accept themselves, but take responsibility for their behavior or actions. Mm -hmm. So we can rate what we can rate is uh, our skills, our actions, our our, whether we're good or bad at something. Do you know what I mean? So if somebody says to you, you're a fantastic parent. You say, OK, my parenting skills are OK. Thank you. Do you know what I mean? Or yes. If somebody says. But my that doesn't reflect doesn't, who I am as a mean, person. Uh, that I'm if, if somebody says your parenting skills are terrible. So, no, if you want to have a chat about my parenting skills, we can have a chat about my parenting skills. But I'm sorry, I'm off limits. Yes. So as okay. One uh, lady beautifully put for me, she drew a circle. And in the circle, she drew a central point. And it, she looked at the point and she said, that's me. That's inviolate. That's not up for discussion. But everything else in the circle about me can be can be discussed. OK, so that's what we need to do. So I can't be a failure as a person, by the way, because that's the biggest single problem in Ireland today. All our young people can't handle failure. So what they're doing is they're saying, if I fail at something, then I am a failure. No, you are if I'm, I'm just successful at something. at something, I hmm. am a success. Yes. Instead okay. of teaching them that, no, I can fail at a task at a particular moment in time. Uh, but I'm not a failure as a person. And here's the secret of resilience, the most resilience in other of my books that you know, that uh, the only failure in life is not getting back up again. So I have to learn if I'm going to stop being uh, not stop being anxious, if I'm going to reduce my anxiety levels. I'm going to have to learn to stop looking for absolute certainty, stop looking for absolute perfection, stop looking for absolute security because they don't exist, any of these things.
0: But how uh, is there a way to learn how to feel safe without absolute certainty?
1: Yes, I uh, bec- uh, because I, uh, it, it's a bit like saying um, if I get up in the morning and I walk out onto the street, technically anything can happen to us. So it's learning to accept that reality. So uh, in life, there is always a percentage chance that something will or won't happen. And we must learn to live with that percentage. Chance.
0: But that, tolerating that uncertainty is the work like for me and I'm listeners are different, but. To be like, OK, well, so. I,
1: I'll give you a choice, uh, Stephanie. You can be miserable for the rest of your life or work on this. Do you know what I mean? By doing things like the coin exercise yeah. and, and keep challenging myself over and over and
0: over again till I learn to live uh, with, with the uncertainty.
1: uncertainty.
0: Taking a break from the episode to bring you an ad because this podcast is only possible because of our sponsor. Supporting our sponsor supports the podcast and let me tell you about who they are. Rockwell's financial planning service is designed for anyone who feels as if they kind of need to just put a shape on their finances. I don't know if you're like me, you kind of feel like, oh, my finances are all over the place. I need to kind of start adulting. This is the service for you. Whether you're like a senior executive in a multinational company or a small business owner or just a young couple looking to get a head start in your financial planning, a single person who wants to make plans for their future, so they consider themselves financial doers rather than financial planners, which I really like because it's active. It's not just like um, Namby Pamby sort of making a plan. doesn't matter where you are in the country. They're happy to help you in person or over Zoom. Pensions and investments are really important, but they're absolutely useless without knowing why you're using them and what you're using them for. They are in the outcomes business. They are in the business of results so it's not just about the plan it's about the action so they use this like award-winning investment advice to help their clients achieve their goals and they have a special offer for you listening right now for basically listeners if you go to rockwellfinancial.ie forward slash basically you can book a complimentary financial planning session today you'll get a cash flow model which outlines any gaps in your finances and they'll give you the first steps to achieving your specific goals. I highly recommend Rockwell and I think as a basically listener you should definitely check it out. It's free, it's going to put you on the right path to getting your finances in order. That's it, go to rockwellfinancial.ie forward slash basically. While I have your attention I just wanted to drop in to tell you about the merch that we have for sale. I hate feeling like I'm a salesman but we do have merch which is basically um, notebooks and basically pens which you can buy through the website and if you are a Headstuff Plus member you get a free notebook with the pen. Uh, also speaking of members if you like the podcast and you want to support it it's five euro a month and for that you get extra bonus episodes from my podcast but also all of the podcasts across the Headstuff network and that money goes towards paying the production team, paying for the venue, paying me, paying for the lighting and electricity, and all that goes into making this podcast um free for people. So yeah, it's five euro a month and I would be very grateful if you would support the podcast. You can go to headstuffpodcast.com forward slash register and it's five euro a month or if you want to give more you can but that's the that's the basic fee. <laughs> The Headstuff Podcast Network is a hub for the creative and the curious. And if you become a member of Headstuff Plus, you will be supporting your favourite podcasters do what they do best. You'll also get access to exclusives, bonus material, and discounts on merchandise from every show on the network. There are plenty of shows to start listening to right now, including Double Love, Basically with Stephanie Prisner and Dubland with PJ Gallagher and Suzanne Kane, as well as a whole host of new shows. Audio dramas from the Bootsy Boys and Their Only Stories, to your favourite film classics with the stream Club, or all your questions answered by the Agni Rands team of comedian Garode Farley and Irish National Treasure Neil Kavanaugh. Find all these shows and more on the Headstuff Podcast Network, wherever you're listening right now. Or become a Headstuff Plus member at HeadStuffPodcasts.com. So this person has been seeking help for mental health issues and um, for anxiety and the last few weeks, she has had aches and pains in her back and really heavy feeling in her chest. She's telling herself it must be anxiety, but she's wondering, can anxiety give people like physical aches yes. and pains? She hasn't slept properly for a long time. Um, yes, I I, I
1: I, I, think absolutely that uh, remember the brain and the body are intimately connected. Yes. So uh, parts of the brain which are which are involved in anxiety Yes, of course, we will we'll end up uh, triggering, do you know what I mean, other physical symptoms. Systems. And the typical one is if I pump out cortisol, I don't sleep properly. I get teeth grinding. Do you know? I make get of irritable bowel, make get muscle pains. Do you yes, know? So right. a lot of those. Now, I think if somebody is having unusual aches and pains, you Definitely. know, as a doctor, I would have to say, you know, Rule out go, something else. you know, go to your GP and just have a quick check. But if he says to you, look, everything is fine, you know, and does some tests and everything is fine. Then you are you're back to simply the physical symptoms of anxiety. So um, uh, I often use a, a, another technique. Uh, I, we, we didn't just, well, we haven't got to ac- acute anxiety yet, but I use a, a thing called modified flooding for people with physical symptoms uh, of general anxiety, where I teach them to learn to go with the physical symptoms as background noise. And the way I teach them that is suppose I got you, Stephanie, to sit in front of a radio with your favorite book. Mm-hmm. And for five minutes, I want you to listen to the radio intently to everything the broadcaster is talking about. Uh, and you notice the radio seems really loud. Okay. And after five minutes, take up your book and now totally disregard the radio and start focusing completely on your book. And within five minutes of reading your book, you notice that the radio has faded away into the background. OK, and that's what our brain does. Our brain can only Filters. focus on one thing at a time. So if I only focus on the physical symptoms, that's all my brain will focus on all day long. If on the other hand, I I, I teach myself to treat as background noise and focus my brain on other things, you'll notice that suddenly they begin to recede. So that's part of how you manage general anxiety. That's how you manage the physical symptoms. But you've got to then go after the thinking and the behavior parts. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, for example, if my natural um, uh, thing with anxiety is to sit down and let my head go mad, you know, ruminate for hours and hours and hours instead of getting out a sheet of paper and say, well, what am I actually worried about? Am I looking for absolute certainty here? What am I trying to control? Mm-hmm. Am I catastrophizing? Am I rating myself? And you see, by breaking it down in those simple ways, now I have something solid I can get cracking on, I can start yes, to okay. work on. And that's what I keep saying to everybody. This isn't rocket science. It's actually quite simple. Yeah, it but is it's, free it's, when it, we know it's how. The, it's the structure. And I try to give structure in, in the books and videos and things like that. But it's also being brave enough to say, you know, I don't necessarily always have to have somebody else to show me what to do. Once I know what to do, it's a question. Do I want to do it? And you I know, do think that's a barrier for some people. I think that's a barrier for some people. So.
0: So this is another listener question. She has a good few questions that I think we've already um that we've already addressed. But one of them is um, does anxiety have to have originated from an experience or can it be genetic? I don't feel I've had any traumatic experience, but I do feel like, but I do always feel like I've been overweight from the age of five and hence I've never had confidence in myself. Um, So she's asking about whether um, it's about self-acceptance and self-worth or is it genetic?
1: Yeah, I I think that's a really great question. Uh, The answer is that like most of these conditions, there's a little bit of both. You OK, know what I mean? so if, for example, uh, I have a long family history of anxiety, say my my grandmother is anxious, maybe my mother is anxious, maybe I'm anxious, do you know what I mean? Well, the chances are there's a little bit of a genetic predisposition, but it's probably only in the region of around 35 percent, something like that. Do you know, what okay. I mean? it's not massive, um, whereas uh, in general, it's more the environment that I grew up in. Do you know what I mean? That may <coughs> be partly responsible for some of my. Use. So if, for example, my mum or dad were very anxious or there was a lot of stress in the house and there was always a sense of, you know, catastrophizing or foreboding in the house. Of course, I'm much more likely to absorb those messages and begin to look on life as I need to be absolutely certain. So you'll often find people coming out of that situation, trying to control their life and they are trying to rigidly control everything. And of course, that the more rigidly you try to control it, the more you rate yourself if if it doesn't work and the more anxious you become. Of course. So it's a question of going backwards. I think the second part of the question is more to do with uh, um, how this person is viewing themselves. Do you know what I mean? Uh, If they've if they've struggled with their weight, for example, they may have. They may have began to associate their weight with who they are as a person. You know what I mean? Instead of just being loving themselves and accepting the the uniqueness of themselves. Self acceptance. And maybe if they need to do some work, maybe with the weight, maybe go and work with a trainer or something like that to try and do something about that. You know, just do something about the things I can do something about. But most of all, be kind to yourself and stop playing the rating game. In other words, if I'm overweight, then I'm a failure. If I'm the (coughs) if I feel I'm in uh, the right weight, then I think I'm great.
0: She's also said that she has never had confidence even when she did lose weight. Yes.
1: Yes. So so I would say this lady is suffering more from lack of self-acceptance. Do you know what I mean? Yes. So I have another book, Self-Acceptance, that she might like.
0: uh, uh, We'll list all the books at the end because I do think people should um, should check them out. Would you mind asking Dr. Harry about everyday tasks, anxiety? I have three kids with school, after school, my own part time work, organizing healthy dinners. I have anxiety every morning. My head is full of tasks I need to do and the normal everyday things people just do. I have to plan them in my head. And as soon as I wake up, my chest fills with anxiety. We had COVID over Christmas and I enjoyed the relaxed time with no timetables or work or having to be anywhere at a certain time. Any tips on how to deal with this everyday anxiety?
1: I think that's a great, a great description that I think that lady is describing what so many people, so many mums are experiencing and dads are experiencing at the moment. So the first thing to there, we have to distinguish between being stressed and being anxious. Anxious. I think that lady is having natural stress. I mean, if I had three small kids and I had to get them out and and look after them and it's like a, a continuous conveyor belt going on in my head. Do you know what I mean? Yes. So the first thing is, remember that. If uh, when some people get stressed, remember we said this before, some people will get anxious. Yes, so my natural go to emotion is to start to worry. And uh, I think don't be worried by waking up in the morning, do you know what I mean? Physically anxious, because believe it or not, when you're dreaming, which you do most just before you wake, uh, your amygdala, which causes a lot of the physical symptoms and anxiety, is 30% more active than when you're awake.
0: Oh, wow, okay, so, so you... what's
1: happening is you're pumping out adrenaline and cortisol. So I often wake up, even I've, I have no memory of the dream. Mm-hmm. But I wake up with all these physical symptoms and uh, that drives people crazy. They think there's something terribly wrong with them. It's not. It's simply that you're dreaming and during those periods. So if I'm very anxious during the day or very stressed during the day, the chances are I'm very stressed at night. Yes. OK, And therefore I'm pumping out. Of, so therefore I wake up that. So the, the simplest thing I would say to that lady uh, is is self-care and good planning. Do you know what I mean? So the first thing she needs to do is uh, instead of getting going on her head, get it out, get get a sheet of paper and just write out and it might not be a bad idea to do it the night before. Do you know what yes. I mean? Say right, what are the main jobs for tomorrow? One, two, three. And that's the way I'm going to do it. So when she wakes up in the morning, she has it written down already. There's a instead plan instead of spending our, an awful lot of time, wasted t- time and energy um, and also self care. Do you know what I mean? Make sure you're she going to bed enough, she's getting enough sleep, that she's getting enough exercise, uh, you know, Try, try to build in those things with her partner to make sure, and maybe get some help from her, 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 her mum or siblings or friends you know, if she needs it. Uh, if, if she's getting overwhelmed at times, do you know what I mean? So, yeah. but I I would say try and be kind to yourself. I think you're doing a great job. You have three kids, you're you're in a COVID times, you know, fair juice to you for getting up at all in the morning because it's really it's really very, very difficult. So stop abnormalizing the anxiety. It's it's totally normal to be very stressed and anxious at those times in
0: that situation. Um, Another question here um, from someone who's Incredible for just asking the question, I think. Um, I'm just wondering how I might help support someone who suffers from anxiety. A number of people I know suffer from it. And I was wondering if there's any strategies I could use or language I could use to help them.
1: Yeah, I, I think the first thing is to normalize anxiety. Do you know what I mean? To not abnormalize. So say, look, you know, if you're if you're very anxious, there's nothing abnormal about you. Do you know what I mean? Yes. This is this is quite a normal phenomena for most people. But you could certainly uh, try and share with them your views on self-acceptance. Do you know what I mean? Uh, maybe uh, have chats with them about the whole thing of certainty. Do you know what I mean? That type of stuff, do you know, what I mean? if, if you really. So uh, a very, uh, a very good thing to say, look, uh, I I I've come across this exercise to stop me looking for absolute control. Would you like to do it with me? Mm-hmm. And the two of us will do it together. together. Yeah. So we'll both suffer for the four for the weeks. four weeks. No, that's if you suffer with the person for four weeks, they'll never forget that, because they'll see you struggling with the same issues that they're struggling with, with. and that normalises for us all. And that's what I want you to do with your kids. Do you know what I mean? Get the kids to toss the coin. So they love watching you suffer. Do the kids yeah. have to
0: do the thing too? Well, no, so rather it like than the
1: kids doing it, let them toss the coin for you and you do so it. So you do it with the kids. So but okay. they're learning, you see. That mm-hmm. that
0: that it's manageable. Um and then a question is being anxious related to how resilient you are or your self-esteem or self-worth? I've always been good at coping and dealing with things. But in the past two years, there are especially times when I feel really anxious over situations or things that I've said for days at a time, excessive worrying and um, Yes. Yeah, so she's just asking.
1: I, I would say for <clears throat> there's two issues here, resilience and um, like before this pandemic, this girl sounds to me as if she wasn't particularly anxious. So it strikes me as that she is like the rest of us having a normal struggling reaction struggling with this terrible pandemic and all the things that it, it has brought with it. And the result of those things, unfortunately, is that we often get very exhausted, demotivated, worn out, tired, anxious. And then we think there's something wrong with us. Okay, but so, it's actually a normal so reaction. Actually, it's a normal reaction. So I don't, th- 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 I, I would say, um, I, um, you know, my views on the, word, on the term self-esteem because I think self-esteem is a myth. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think it's learning to unconditionally love and accept ourselves is much more important. So I, again, I would say to that lady, you know, well done for doing so well in these really difficult times. Stop beating yourself up all the time. Do you know what I mean? And maybe, maybe you're not quite as abnormally anxious as you think you are. Maybe what you're suffering is actually normal stress. Do you know what I mean? And yes. burnout really from this uh, this pandemic. Do you know what I
0: mean? This is the last question, and it's um one that I'm not really sure where to place. But she's asking for your support or your guidance on. She was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis 15 years ago, and she's on medication for it, and she's symptom free. But she hasn't told anyone about it because she's embarrassed. And her mother died of the illness three months ago, and she's just very embarrassed to talk about the issue with anyone. She's not comfortable with it, and she doesn't know. Yeah, I,
1: I think this this is moving really more to the level of, of self-acceptance again. Yes. You know? OK. So uh, when we're embarrassed by something or we're ashamed by something and that this happens in social anxiety, we haven't really talked about social anxiety or, 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 or acute anxiety. Here. But if we if we take uh, embarrassment, embarrassment is very much about I think that other people will judge me. Yes. So what this lady is actually worried about, if I bring this up, other people Will judge me and what will they judge? They'll judge me as weak mm-hmm. or they'll judge me as somebody to be pitied. Yes, and that's her big concern. Do you know what I mean? So, um, I would say, suppose I had real unconditional self acceptance, and I wouldn't give a tough damn uh, 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 what anyone else thought of me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. This is who I am, I'm, I'm comfortable with who I am. So, if somebody wants to. Uh, judge my condition we can have a discussion on that and i can make the very valid point i didn't I didn't wish this on myself. I didn't bring this on myself. Do you know. Mm-hmm. So if she's feeling lonely, do you know which I think she is, because that's what I sense from, from uh, the comments here. I think it would be a good idea to start by telling some of her good friends. Do you know what I mean? Just yes. being, uh, being honest with them and open up with them. And you will notice something very interesting happens. They will come around you and put their arms around you and be there for you. And suddenly you'll feel a lot more support and a, and a, and a, and, a, and a lot more nourished. Because I think if you try to hide something like this, you'll you'll fold yourself into a dark place and you'll be all you'll you'll end up feeling a bit down. So I would really suggest telling start off with some friends, uh, close friends. And when you get comfortable doing that, you might widen that out a little bit. You know what I mean? mean, We don't. None of us go around telling everybody about our medical Mm thing. But if there are certain people that you think, you know, I'd really love if they knew. Well, open up and tell them and don't forget this idea of being judged. Do you know what I mean? Because the reality is, um, you know, a lot of the time, the judgment is in our own heads. Yes. You know yeah. that we it's what we think other people. I mean, that's the secret to social anxiety, by the way, for anybody out there who struggles with this. It's we we foolishly believe that other people will be judging us, number one and other people recognize things number two or care number, number three. <laughs> yes. So uh, uh, the secret to social anxiety, as, as I keep saying to everybody who Uh, Is we get rid of our social anxiety uh, when we realise we're not as important as we think we are. In other words, we all have this crazy image that when we walk into a social situation, everybody's everybody's going to be looking at us and talking about us and and making comments and all the rest. In reality, most people don't even know you're in the room, and even if they did, they don't really care. (laughs) So when when people in in social situations begin to understand that better, they lose enough an awful lot of their, uh, their their social anxiety.
0: And so before we finish up, do you want to talk about is there anything else about social anxiety or the acute anxiety? That yeah, I, I think so,
1: uh, it with social anxiety. I would say that the secret of social social anxiety is about perception over reality.
0: OK, so
1: we have a false perception as to uh, what happens in social situations. So when we walk into a social situation, we believe we have a high vis jacket on. Everybody's looking at us and everybody's judging us. And everybody is particularly going to see that we're blushing or sweating or shaking. or And in reality, most people wouldn't see. If I asked if I asked them, uh, those people who you think are looking at you, uh, what was I wearing?
0: They won't have taken. They any won't notice. have
1: a clue. Now, if they can't even recognize what I'm wearing, what chance do you think they are uh, of, of seeing whether I'm anxious or not? The reality is we don't see the physical symptoms of anxiety. If you don't believe me and anybody out there go out into a social situation for four weeks and find me the anxious people. And you'll come back and say, Jesus, I couldn't really find him. And the reason you can because you can't see anxiety, you can't see the physical anxiety. So it's a it's a false perception. Seception. And the second thing um, is the trick is to learn con- conversation exercise, which is done in emotional resilience. And it's also done it's particularly well done in emotional resilience. It's also done in anxiety. If you can learn that it's, it's all about uh, perception over reality and learn the conversation exercise, you get rid of uh, social anxiety in about six weeks, eight weeks. Oh, wow. Yeah, you get rid of it for life. Uh, and
0: that's done in the book, Emotional that's Resilience, in
1: book, done in Emotional Resilience and done in Anxiety and panic, panic, those two books. So, you know, if you really want to sort this out, by the way, th- you don't need to be you don't need. Any high hundreds, powered, you know, yeah. this is dead simple stuff. It's actually having the courage to go and say, no, do you know, I'm going to understand this and I'm going to put these I give I've list off exercises you do. Go and do the exercises and to your great surprise, you'll begin to cop on. Do you know what really happened?
0: do people need to be like under the care of a therapist to be doing these or is it um, better if they are
1: I'll put it you like this um, I think an awful lot of people could do this on their own do you okay. know what I mean uh, if you feel that after a while no I need an extra bit of help then find a therapist to do so but yeah. to be honest really uh, it's, it's, if you could learn the conversation exercise and practice it and practice the exercises that I do for about uh, four to eight weeks do you know what I mean mm-hmm. uh, you will find your social anxiety dropping 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 and the the average number of visits that I would see a person for social anxiety is three. Oh wow! And with
0: these exercises, with with these
1: exercises, if they do them properly. So, uh, but you don't have to come to me. I list them all off. I tell you what to do. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, it's are you have you the courage to go and sort it out? Do you know what I mean? Because that's what it is. You you it's a decision you have to make. No, I'm not going to spend the rest of my life, um, you know, doing these, um, rehearsals all the time before I go in. Um, all the time, staying at the edge of groups, not not engaging conversation. All the time, wondering what what will. I, a big problem for people is this this crazy idea that they have in their head that I have to come up with some topic that everybody will find interesting. Remember, the only thing that people find interesting in life themselves. is themselves. So that's the secret you learn uh, with the conversation actually. So
0: and what about? Um, We'll finish up on gen- acute anxiety. Acute
1: anxiety. Acute anxiety is dealt with really by uh, panic attacks. are dealt with by uh, re- removing the danger. In other words, there's no danger to these physical symptoms. They're simply an adrenaline rush. And I explain all this in great detail in the book. Which book? Uh, uh, in anxiety both in and in Panic and in very well done Emotional Resilience as well. So those two books. And um, the secret to uh, panic attacks is to learn the technique of flooding. And I have a video up there, which is seen by a third of a million people. I've done one in America, which is seen by well over a million people at this stage now, and I get contacted all over the world with people I've never seen in my life. Thank you for helping me. I actually got a lovely letter from somebody one time. Thank you for uh, for anxiety. I've read anxiety, panic. I've sorted out my panic attacks. I've sorted out my general anxiety and I've never met them.
0: It's unbelievable.
1: So in other words, I'm trying to say to you that you can do an awful lot yourself with good information and and practicing certain techniques. Where can and people skills. find that flooding video? Uh, th- you it, uh, uh, find it on my website, drharryberry.com.
0: Oh, brilliant.
1: OK. And uh, the books are all Neesons. I was just down there recently. All the books are available in Nisens. Do you know what so I mean? So let name good them. bookshop, to be honest.
0: So it's Dr. Harry Barry, Emotional Resilience. Uh,
1: DrHarryHarry.com Harry is the is video. Is the website. Uh, I have 11 books, believe it or not. There's or 10 books or 11 books. I've forgotten it. Uh, I've read uh, a fair amount. Yeah. Of flagging but, uh, the, the one, Therapy the one, was the, the first one, the, one I Yeah, read. the ones that I think would be ideal for this anxiety and panic, emotional resilience, self-acceptance, maybe emotional healing. Do you know what I mean? Would be, would yeah. be good books for, for most people.
0: And do you see clients?
1: Very small number very at this stage, yeah, because to be honest with really, you, I, I I would be overrun. Do you know what I mean? Yes. So I'm re- seeing I'm pu- reducing, reducing, and doing, doing a lot of, of teaching. I'm sub- trying to train people. You know, to teach other people what to do. Do you know what I mean? And doing a lot of media work and still doing my writing of another book coming out next year. Oh wow! So how far uh, into that are you? Uh, Just wondering how long it takes to write. It a book. takes. Um, I'm. 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 Thankfully, I'm getting a little bit more time with this one because normally um, uh, it, it takes anything from a year eighteen months, maybe two years. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I've purposely kind of stretched this one out a little bit, giving me a little bit more space and a bit more time, which is better for me. Do you know yes, what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but um, I, I, my my whole ethos is to teach people skills. Yeah, I just think that if we, if 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 our society had a lot more of these skills, we'd have a lot less of the problems we have. You know, mm-hmm. instead of looking for, you know, the psychiatrist or the Calms team or the. Um, you know, the therapists all over the place, et cetera. If we, we where where is our natural resilience gone? Where is our ability to say, like our grandparents said, I really don't know what to do there, but I'm going to look it up and I'm going to find out how to do it, And I'm going to start doing it. Yes. OK. And that's what I'm trying to engender in people, the sense of self-reliance a little bit so that, in other words, I can teach myself what to do uh, and. But obviously, there will be some people who will who will have to go a bit further, and will need a bit of help from maybe a therapist or a CBT therapist or whatever like that. That's absolutely fine. That's that's great. Do you know what I mean? So whatever you do, you do it. But what you don't do is sit on general anxiety or acute anxiety or social anxiety for ten or fifteen years in absolute misery when you could sort these problems out an awful lot of time very very quickly
0: yeah Uh,
1: there's a great message of hope for people do you know what I mean I'm not I'm not saying to you you can get rid of general anxiety you can't because it's a condition you'd probably have but you can by God you can certainly reduce it down to a minimum in my life do you know what? so I I learned coping mechanisms yeah most people are looking for adaptive coping mechanisms adaptive coping mechanisms mechanisms. exactly that whereas you can get rid of panic attacks and phobias by the way completely the secret of phobias expose yourself to everything you're afraid of and use flooding
0: and flooding we can find about on the video yes okay great I am not going to expose myself to spiders anyway thank you so much <laughs> Dr Harry Barry um, for another brilliant podcast I'm sure it has helped an awful lot of people if you want to get in touch with Harry Barry you can go to harrybarry.com and as I, we've mentioned his books which are available in Eason's Anywhere Dubray, Dubray any, 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 of any of the books, books yeah. so thank you so much our music is by Only Ruin our graphic design is by Kahlo Gara and we are part of the Head Stuff Podcast Network see you next week